So I uh, want to start off uh, uh, the lesson by talking about a, a dream that I had. And it's not like uh, I had a dream of prophecy or anything along those lines. We, we know that uh, those things have been done away with, um, with uh, the binding of the New Testament. Um, but uh, I had a dream about, uh, I guess there was some civil unrest or something along those lines. In any case, it was, it was a really bad day. Um, and, uh, I was fearful about tomorrow and part of the dream, uh, my lovely wife comes up to me and says, well, now would be a good time to buy a house. And I thought, that's interesting, why, why, you know, while today is, well, tomorrow, rather, is uncertain, you know, things have turned uh, a bad corner that, um, that there would be a discussion about something that is important, but at that, at that moment uh, was very unimportant. Um, and I'd like to kind of talk about that a little bit before we get into the lesson about uh, the importance of today. And I gave this lesson, or I gave a lesson like that, like this, um, probably three or four Sundays ago, I can't recall. Um, but uh, it's important to, uh, the scripture tells us, um, that we need to take advantage of the day while we have it. Uh, Solomon wrote in the book of Ecclesiastes on a number of different occasions that, you know, the labor of today is, uh, the fruits of the labor of today is uh, the blessings or as a result of the blessings that God bestows upon each and every one of us. Uh, when Jesus talked to his disciples about going and spreading the gospel to um, all the world, he told them not to, not to worry. Um, about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink. Um, he refers to humans as being more important than birds. Uh, but birds don't have to labor or clock in or clock out, and he feeds them every day. Um, the importance of today um, is huge because it, it removes or it doesn't play into uh, human nature and our, our inability to tell the future. Um, if we were in fact able to tell the future or know what tomorrow was going to bring, uh, we'd pre-planned today. Uh, all of our choices would be spot on. Now, I'm not saying that uh, we don't have the ability to recognize patterns, um, recognize maybe uh, symptoms of or signs of what will come tomorrow. Um, those are all insights and knowledge and wisdom that God provides each and every one of us. But None of us truly knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Because we don't know what ha what's going to happen tomorrow, we're always fearful of the future. And because we're fearful of the future, we're always worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, you know, whether, you know, I'm going to have a job, whether, you know, I'm going to, you know, this country is going to be the way that it is today, um, whether I'm going to lose my wife or my husband or a child um, or whatever the case may be, all these uncertainties of life um, can be exhausting. Um, but one of the things that uh, 
we we can't get too overly concerned about um or one of the things that I guess we should place our emphasis on is what we know about today. And today, each and every one of us has our health. We're still breathing. Um, we're alive. We have one another. Uh, today, um, you can smile. Today, you can worship God in spirit and in truth. Today, uh, you can say, I love you. Today, you can say, I'm sorry. Uh, today, you can go outside and uh, experience the sun, play with your dog, crack a joke with a friend, um, watch a movie, ride a bike, go run, read a book. All the things that uh, we enjoy in our lives, we can do those today. Um, but if we spend too much time worrying about tomorrow, um, the preciousness of today um, will pass us by. You'll get into your bed tonight and you have missed out on an opportunity to do some wonderful things today. Um, so as uh, before I get into the lesson, I just wanted to, um, well, what this dream really kind of highlighted to me is that uh, I'm, I'm probably too much of a worry wart. I, I probably spend too much time looking forward and not um, taking advantage of my family. Um, my relative health um, today. Um, so if you if you do have all of us have family, I guess I should say that. Um, but uh, at the end of this lesson, at the end of this service, um, as you hang up the phone, just take a few moments of solitude and think about what you have today. Um, think about uh, your daughters, your sons, your children, your grandchildren, your friends. Certainly your brothers and sisters in Christ. Think about how blessed you truly are um, to be a part of the family of God. But don't worry about tomorrow. Just take the time to be present and enjoy today. So the title of my lesson this morning is uh, the, um, the definition of the word the or the or really doesn't matter how you pronunciate that word. I'm not even sure what the proper way to do that is, but uh, the or the is a, a very powerful word in the, uh, in the English language. Uh, the Webster's Dictionary uh, defines the word the as identifying a unique person, place, or thing. Um, it can also be used in a general sense um, to not specific to one thing, but to describe an association of a thing. So, for example, if I use the word the in, in the unique sense, I can say that um, Jesus is the only begotten Son of God. And the words afterwards kind of um, for, provides proof that the the or the the that, it, that is in that sense is unique to Jesus Christ. The um, adjectives afterwards um, are describing <clears throat> only one person, in this case, Jesus the Christ. Whereas in the scripture where it says that the churches of Christ salute you, um, again, the, the words after the the or the the uh, provides the context. 
you know, again, the, 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 or the, the, in that particular verse is describing a group of churches or a group of, um, in a, a group of bodies, uh, that would be included in a general sense as the churches of Christ. I bring up thee or the because thee or the is also the foundation of our faith. Um, without <clears throat> thee or the, or believing in thee or the, in the, in the unique sense, or um, looking at thee or the in the context of the definition of describing a person, place, or, or thing that is unique, um, we may fall victim to believing that that there are other faiths or other beliefs um, that uh, can get one to heaven. Um, when kind of one of the things that we have done, I'd say as of recently, at least since I've been involved, is if <clears throat> someone comes forward and, and says that they have a desire to... Um, to accept the gospel uh, and to be baptized into the body um, of Jesus Christ, one of the questions we ask them is, do you believe in the oneness of the body, uh, the oneness of hope, the oneness of faith, all the things that are written in Ephesians, the fourth chapter and verse number four? That's That can be a hard pill to swallow for, for some people because in essence, what they are saying either yea or nay, is that they believe in thee or they don't believe in thee. Um, again, there's, you know, I've, uh, if Russ Jr. was on the phone call, he probably could testify to this, that uh, there's a reason why they, they say Ohio State University or rather the Ohio State University. Um, there are other Ohio State universities, but the Ohio State University is uh, defining or referring to one specific campus in Columbus, Ohio, and not another campus in another part of Ohio. Um, here in California, um, if we were to say the University of California, um, one would one would think that it's speaking of one specific university in one specific city. When we know that whenever the University of California is, is used in, in advertising or, or um, you know, to describe the university, it's talking about the UC system and not just one university. Um, <clears throat> so it's, it can be confusing uh, to get the right context. So what we're going to go through today is, is just to highlight um, the context in which the scripture uses the word the or the in reference to the church of Christ. Because there is only one way, there is only one path uh, to get to God and in turn get to heaven. So if you have your Bibles this morning, um, if you could turn it to... Um, Uh, the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, <clears throat> starting at uh, verse number four. Um, Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, starting at verse number four. 
Uh, the scripture says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and not many. Again, that's important because, again, God is a, is, is a person, place, uh, or thing. I'm, I'm using, again, the um, tying into the definition of the word the in the Webster's Dictionary, but God is one. He is unique. There is none other like him. It goes on to say, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And this is the great commandment. Um, this one particular commandment transcends um, time and space, certainly the Old and the New Testament, that we are to love this one Lord, this one God, with all of our hearts, our, our souls, and with all of our might. It goes on to say in verse number 6, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach thy children, thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them with when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou hast when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and thy and thy shall be frontlets, excuse me, between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of the house and upon thy gates. So <clears throat> the uh, Moses is telling the the Hebrews that uh, this oneness, this uniqueness of God being the only Lord, the one Lord, is so is so fundamental. Um, to the the Hebrew faith, um, that he wanted them to to teach it to all their children, uh, to talk to them, you know, frequently and often. Um, he wanted them to uh, bind it to their hands, put it as a frontlets to their eyes, you know, put this this truth um, on their house and on the posts uh, on the posts of their house and on their gates. And this is also something that. We have to acknowledge um, <clears throat> there are some beautiful belief systems, and I'm using my words and not the scripture. There are some beautiful belief systems in this world that um, that touch on morality. Um, there are some beautiful belief systems that um, also are centered around love, and and if you look at uh, some of these belief systems, you'll you'll see. Oh wow, there's you know some similarities with the gospel of Jesus Christ as it pertains to uh, you know being um, being humble, um, a love of self-sacrifice, um, you know, not uh, giving in to the desires of the flesh. Even some who you know would say prayer and fasting is is a, a critical part of spirituality. You know, even as Jesus fasted and prayed. Um, but if we look at what the scripture says and the power of the word thee, uh, the only conclusion that we can be left with is that while there are other beautiful belief systems that are similar to, there is only one that can get someone to heaven. And, and again, this, this is not... I'm not smart enough. I'm certainly not uh, 
um, powerful enough or, or um, godly enough to, 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 to say that or to make that phrase without um, having it supported by the scripture. So I, I guess what I'm saying here is that it's not me speaking, but it's the scripture that's speaking. And when God tells his people that there is only one God and he is the only Lord, then we have to believe him. We have to take it at its word and um, also acknowledge the power of thee when Jesus says in John the 14th chapter and verse number six, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Um, before we read the last part of uh, John the 14th chapter and verse number six, if you have a Bible, if you want to flip over there, um, want to just give some pretext to this verse um, before we go any further. Now, Jesus is telling his disciples that he is going to leave them and go to prepare a place for them. There is a man by the name of Thomas, and we know Thomas um, and the uh, the doubting that he had at the latter part, or certainly after Jesus uh, was nailed to the cross, he died, he was buried in the ground the third day, he arose. Um, the disciples come to Thomas and say, Hey, Thomas, our, our Lord and Savior has, ar- has arisen as he promised. You know, Thomas said, I'm not going to believe that until I'm able to put my hands upon the, the holes of the nails that went through his hands and his feet. Certainly not until I'm able to uh, see the, the wound of his side. But here in this particular verse, in John the 14th chapter, Jesus is telling his disciples, Hey, I'm going to be taken off. I'm going to be going uh, to prepare a place for you. In verse number 5, Thomas says unto Jesus, Lord, we know, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Again, the, the, the word thee or the um, resurfaces. Jesus is being asked by Thomas the question, how are we going to know this way that we should go this path to righteousness that you've uh, mentioned to us um, for the past two or three years? Jesus says to him again in verse number six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, again, as I stated before, the words after the thee are going to give us the context of or the, uh, the slant um, that the word thee or thus used. And when Jesus says that no man can come unto the Father or unto this one God, which is Lord, um, but through him what he's saying is he specifically is the way, the truth, and the life. Meaning that Gandhi is not the way, the truth, or the life. Um, or other, any other savior that can be invented, any other, uh, you know, uh, prophet or, or, or son or whatever the case may be. There is no other person that can claim to be the way, the truth, and the life but Jesus. Because he says it. No man can come unto the Father but by me. 
In verse number seven, it says, If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also. And from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Um, Jesus was asked a number of different questions afterwards, but um, the point is, is well made that Jesus is the conduit, the opportunity, the way, the truth, and the life to this one God um, and this one Lord. If you have your Bibles, <clears throat> uh, turn over to uh, Romans the uh, fourth, or excuse me, Romans the fifteenth chapter. Um, Romans, the uh, 15th chapter, starting at uh, verse number 7. <clears throat> Scripture, um, Paul tells the, the church, um, the churches in the area of Rome. Um, and we'll, we'll just kind of read through it. It says, uh, Wherefore receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I say that Jesus Christ was the minister of the, of the circumcision for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto the fathers, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, for this cause I will confess to thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. And again he saith, Rejoice, ye Gentiles, with his people. And again praise the Lord, all ye Gentiles, and laud him, all ye people." Um, I'm going to stop right there and I want to talk a little bit about the Gentiles. So the Gentiles um, were non-Jews, obviously, um, but the Gentiles also believed um, or also had belief systems that were beautiful. Um, the Gentiles had, uh, we can go back and look at the book of Acts, um, where uh, Paul um, went into uh, Athens and he met some scholars and philosophers and they had um, different, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, well, I'll just say they had different altars set up for all the various types of gods that uh, the Gentiles at that time worshipped, even a, a, an altar set up for the unknown God. And what they believed in the context of spirituality was that there is a God or that the God um, created the earth and that there is a God. But uh, to, the, to the Athenians and the, Gen, uh, the Gentiles at large, the God um, was not specifically the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob but a general concept of a God. And uh, when Paul and Barnabas um, went and preached to the Athenians, these philosophers and so forth, um, they, they were kind of surprised. They were, um, well, maybe not surprised, but um, were uh, struck by their use of the word the, and this general God versus the worse of the God, the unique God, the almighty God, the one who created the earth um, and, and all the things therein. Um, and he said, 
you guys are kind of backwards, even though you've, you've got all these gods, you've got this idol, idol to the unknown God. And he goes and he talks about how the Almighty God, this one true God, um, is unique from all the other gods in that this particular God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was actually able to create and make. And this Almighty God continues to interact with his creations, certainly through uh, the gospel of his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. And when we read here in the Romans, the uh, 15th chapter, um, what Paul is alluding to here is that um, that we are all ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, or we are all uh, we all belong to the ministration of the Almighty God, as it says in verse number nine, that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy, um, for God wrote. Um, back in the Old Testament. For this cause I will confess thee among the Gentiles and sing thy name. And he goes on to say in verse number 10, Rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord all ye Gentiles and laud him all ye people. Um, in this context, the God is speaking out to these people who believe in a God that he is the God and that they should follow him and be partakers of his blessings of eternal life. This can be seen also, if you have your Bibles, <clears throat> we'll turn over to uh, Colossians. Colossians, the, the first chapter. Starting in verse number 14, as Paul is talking to the church at Colossia, which is also um, made up of Jews and Gentiles, he says in verse number 14, um, in, in reference to um, God and, and Jesus, he says in verse number 14, <clears throat> in whom we have redemption through the blood, speaking of Jesus, even the forgiveness of sins, Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. And again, we see the word thee. And obviously, he's speaking specifically of Jesus. Um, so when it says the firstborn of every creature, it's not saying a firstborn of every creature, but a specific firstborn. Continuing on in verse number 16, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are, on, that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. And you can see through, throughout all those verses, without mistake, it's very clear, there is not really any gray area, well, there is no gray area in this at all, that 
the importance of the power of the uniqueness of the person, place, or thing by by the use of the word the can only be directed towards one person. And that's Jesus the Christ. He is the firstborn of every creature. All things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible or invisible, whether they be thrones or principalities or dominions, or um, all things were created by him and for him. Now, if you don't believe that, then you are not truly a disciple of Jesus Christ. If that is not foundational to your belief system and to your faith, then you are not a part of the body and the church. You cannot possibly be. Okay, if, if that isn't enough, you can, you can go and look at uh, John, the gospel according to John, the first chapter and verse number four, where again, speaking of a specific person, place, or thing, using the word the or the, it says in John chapter 1 and verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it, comprehended it not. Okay, I'm going to hammer this home. In the following verses, it talks about this man called John. Now, John certainly could have been a light, or the light, but that's not the case. Uh, the gospel according to John clarifies this. He says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came, from, came for a witness to bear witness of the light, capital L, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. There is only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And, and if you're taking notes, um, I'm going to flip over there because I don't want to mess it up. Um, but in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, in verse number four, it says, There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called and one hope of your calling. There is only, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So, <clears throat> why did I, why did I choose this particular lesson? Um, because I was watching a watching a podcast, and um, again, there is you know a couple couple individuals who were talking. There are of different. Uh, various religious belief systems <clears throat> and all of them were generally talking about the same thing you know about uh, practicing self-control um, about loving your neighbor about humility 
about uh, believing in or practicing something that's bigger and greater than yourself. And I got, I was looking at them, I was like, these are really good people. You know, as, you know, as far as, you know, the flesh was telling me, um, you know, these are really good, honest people. They're, they're trying to live honest and, and good lives and, and, and be, you know, a part of a, uh, a part of the solution instead of, you know, part of the problem. You know, they, the whole purpose of this podcast was about fighting divisiveness in this country. Um, certainly some struggles that have, that have, you know, obviously been around for a very long time. Uh, throughout the world, you know, struggles between different, uh, between peoples of different uh, belief systems. And I thought, how great would it be if all of these beautiful, you know, religious belief systems, what if there was a heaven for all of them as well? You know, wouldn't it be awesome if, you know, we could all, you know, just kind of uh, bind ourselves hand in hand and, and walk with, you know, the Baptists, the Catholics, the, the Pentecostals, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the Mormons, the, the Hindus, the Buddhists, um, you know, even those of, of Islam, you know, again, as far as, you know, those who believe in, in love as a foundation of, of, uh, of finding a, a, a spiritual plane. Um, but one does away with that. The uniqueness of one does away with all of that. If there is one, if Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and, and I'm not an English scholar, but I understand the, the power and the importance of the as it defines a unique person, place, or thing. If I look at the scripture and I look at what it says about one and about how Jesus is uh, the head of the body, the church, and if I read in the scripture and it says that Jesus came to the earth and died on the cross for that church, for this one body, regardless of how uncomfortable I feel about the fact that some really good people with good intentions will not make heaven their home just simply because they have subscribed to the, a belief system that's different than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Regardless of how I feel about that, I have to, I have to put all of my eggs, I have to put my stake in the foundational context of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of the Bible, period. That God is the one Lord. And that He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to die on the cross for one body, for one church. And again, if, if that is lost and, I'm, and I don't say this as a judgment um, I say this you know really as a point of encouragement um, if that is lost 
on you or if that is something that you can't completely buy into, um, then additional study is warranted. Um, certainly, um, praying to God to get you to that point to where you can, regardless of, uh, of how you feel about it, um, accepting the oneness and the power of thee in the scripture and um, as a foundation of your faith. Amen. The scripture tells us that there is a, there is a, you know, broad is the way to destruction, um, but narrow is the path to eternal life. Um, and the scripture says, "Few there be that find it." Um, what it implies to me um, with those two verses, certainly that can be found in the scripture that. Not everyone who's, who, who's, who practices goodness, and I'm using that, that term loosely, will make heaven their home if only few there be that find it. If the scripture says that, that only those who have their names written in the book of life will be able to enter into this new Jerusalem, then if your name isn't written in the book of life, you're not going to make it you won't be allowed to enter. There are a number of different parables. There are a number of different uh, uh, lessons that Jesus and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, as he teaches us uh, about the uniqueness of the person, place, or thing of the gospel of Jesus Christ in the, by using the word thee. So uh, I don't mean to uh, end on a sour note, um, but I think it was. I think it's important that we kind of uh, remind ourselves of how important that is for each and every one of us in our faith. Um, when we go to talk to others about religion or spirituality, um, even if there are things that are common to, um, they can't be the same because they are not a part of the body and the church. So if you're here this morning um, and you need prayers of strength, if, uh, if there's something about what I've said that you need further, uh, maybe, maybe you have a question or concern or maybe you disagree or whatever the case may be, you know my number, you know where I live. Um, you can always get in contact with me and, and we can always sit down and and study, study the scripture together. I don't know everything, um, but I know what the word one and thee means um, in the context of the scripture. Um, so if you're here this morning and you need prayers of strength, um, or if you need prayers for anything, uh, please take the opportunity to uh, do so after we sing uh, the song of invitation. <laughs>